So what's going on podcast? Paul here back with another episode and it's been a long, 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 long time since I've said that and I just want to apologise for that. I do this all the time, right? Every time I jump on the podcast, I apologise for not updating but again, there's, there's there's no excuse apart from the fact that I've just been focused on, on other platforms and other projects that I've been working on but before we dive into this episode where I answer some questions for a new episode of Coffee with Paul which I'm resurrecting over on YouTube, I just want to hopefully say that you're staying safe and I'm sure by the time you listen to this you've been in an extended period of of lockdown and self-isolation and with everything going on right now um, there's obviously a lot of negativity happening and I hope everything's okay but also what I'm seeing currently is just how much kindness there is in the world which I think a lot of people neglect and how together we can come because of something like this so I'm just kind of putting it out there. Hopefully you're safe. Hopefully you're well. And don't forget, always reach out to me on port at pmcgregor.com or in any of the social media channels. So I'm going to jump into this episode. This is an episode of Coffee with Paul where I discuss a lot from mental health in general to how am I dealing with this current situation to what it was like turning 30, which I turned a couple of weeks ago now. So it's a personal kind of episode where I share um, answers to some questions I haven't had for a while. I really hope you gain value from it and I'll see you in an episode soon. So welcome to another episode of Coffee with Paul. In fact, it's been a long, long time since I've said that. And if you are watching this on YouTube, it's also been a long, long time since I've posted on this channel. And if you're wondering what's been happening, I've still been busy. I've still been creating a lot of content, but a lot of the content I've been creating has been on other platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and also TikTok. So I really wanted to kind of get back to this long form video. I wanted to get back to coffee with Paul and I was sitting here a minute ago, poured myself a fresh cup of coffee and thought to myself, why don't I do it? Why don't I answer a couple of questions? I've rounded them all up and just start reconnecting because if I'm honest, I'm recording this during obviously lockdown. I'm recording, as you can probably tell, I look like I've been kidnapped. I'm recording this during a difficult time and I wanted to put this together because for me, there's no more, you know, there's such a, a real importance to to connect with you guys, but also at the same time, answer some of these questions because hopefully the advice and the honesty that I'm going to be sharing with some of these questions may help you. So without further ado, I've got all of these questions in front of me. I firstly want to ask, how are you? So please let me know in the comments, how have you been? I um, would really appreciate that if you can reconnect. I'm going to take a sip of this fresh coffee and then I'm going to jump in to Coffee with Paul. Beautiful. Black Americano, the way that I do it. Right. How are you dealing with the lockdown personally? Personally, I'm okay. What I'm finding now as I record this is about week four of me personally being in lockdown and um, I'm kind of adjusting to a new norm. Now, what I'm actually more worried about is when we go back to normality um, and how we're then going to adjust to that. So I don't know if any of you can relate, but when we first started this, you know, you're almost adjusting to it. Now you're almost getting used to it a little bit more. You've adapted to it. Now it's almost how is, you know, how's life going to be after lockdown? But I'm doing well. I've learned a lot as well. Um, I've really enjoyed spending more time with family, working from home, which I used to do. And I don't know. It's a sad, sad situation. But um, I don't know. It just seems calmer. And I've been reflecting a lot. And I quite like that. So personally, I'm dealing with it okay. Although it has been a bit like that. So I'm not just sitting here saying that I'm dealing with it perfectly. It's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions. Question two, you've been open about your dark days. What was the biggest change for you that helped you get to where you are today? 
biggest change is very difficult because I look back the darkest period of my life which I, again I've been very open about was when I lost my dad to suicide back in 2009 so when I was 18 and um, I turned 30 yesterday so you know now I look at that and it's it seems like a long time ago and that's given me now I was nearly 19 so it's given me 11 11 and a bit years of dealing with that and I'm in a much better place now than I was but I was in some really really dark places and I've been very vocal about that as, as this question kind of alludes to but there wasn't a massive kind of light switch moment so I don't want to make that clear I don't want to say this is the one thing that I did and this is going to dramatically change your life if you do it because for me it was a series of stuff you know it was the journey of just years and years and years and years and years of dealing with different kind of challenges and facing them head on. So I wouldn't say there was one biggest change, but the catalyst for me was talking about it. It was it was it was going and seeing Anne, who who was the therapist that helped me, um, going and seeing her and, and finding that one person that I felt okay and safe to speak about my dad's suicide and, and the moments I was experiencing at that time. That for me was really the catalyst. So that for me was the start of then me answering lots of other questions, you know, doing a lot of other things that make me, you know, into the person that I am today. So even though I would not say there was just one big change, one light bulb moment, because it was still a long process, a long journey, and, and, and life is going and seeing Anne and getting it off my chest and talking about it for the first time and working through those problems rather than ignoring them and suppressing them was the catalyst for me. So if you are watching this and you're in that dark time, I stepped away from talking about it and going to therapy and ignored it and suppressed it for as long as I possibly could until I found myself in a very, very, very dark place, a place I would never want to go into again. And that place I slowly climbed out of thanks to going and seeing Anne, thanks to going to a therapist and talking about it and working through those problems. So for me, you know, that has been the biggest change for me. You said in a recent live stream, you love TikTok. What do you like about it? So I've been doing a lot of lives on um, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I've been doing a lot of lives with my my little boy, um, Freddie, who's my oldest. And we've been talking about mental health from a child and a parent's perspective. In fact, uh, we did a video recently and it got picked up by um, BBC. Um, I say picked up, a, a friend of mine sort of put us forward and, and pulled a couple of people's sort of, you know, did what he had to do and um we got featured on on cbbc news round and um these live streams have been really really good so it's a good chance of me spending some time with him and seeing how he feels after it is amazing like he wants to do more and more stuff like this and tiktok i said in a recent live stream that i love tiktok why do i love tiktok i love tiktok because one from a consumer point of view i spend hours on it like if you're not on tiktok you just do this you just do this for like an hour and then you look at your watch and you realize Oh, I don't know how I've spent the last hour doing this. It's great, like short short videos. It's easy to kind of just get lost in it. But from a creator point of view, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm nearly at 30,000 um, followers on TikTok. And from a creator point of view, it's not about the followers. It's about who I'm influencing on TikTok. And a lot of it's the, the younger generation. And I think to myself, if I can have that impact on the younger generation and I can hopefully inspire them or help them with their mental health, that for me is is game changing. So that's why I love TikTok the most, is who's on that platform, the feedback that I'm getting, the messages that I'm getting as well, people saying I've seen your video on TikTok and it helped me, you know, do this, it helped me, you know, feel a bit better. Like that for me is why I love TikTok in general. What made you decide to stop creating fashion videos and start creating mental health videos? 
again, with this question, it wasn't just one change. There was a series of events that happened. The first thing was uh, a meetup, an event that I went to. During it, we did a, a meditation. It was a business event. And part of that meditation, there was an exercise about forgiveness. And I'd done a lot of this personally, forgiving myself, forgiving my dad. Um, and that really helped. But off the back of that meditation and during that meditation, I think it was, I had this real desire and he was talking about sort of aligning your, your passions and your purpose, your meaning in life. And I had this real desire to help people like my dad. I could see myself helping people like my dad um, in some capacity. And then that turned into me kind of brainstorming it out. And I said to myself, right, I could write a blog post. So I wrote a blog post that then went onto Huffington Post. Um, I got amazing feedback from that. I remember, I'll be honest with you guys, I remember crying my eyes out um, when the article went live. And I still get goosebumps now. When the article went live and, and the emails that I received, like people saying how it helped them, deal with maybe, you know, someone that they'd lost to suicide or someone in that situation, it really helped them understand it as well a little bit more and, you know, how thankful they were for me writing it. That then turned into a video on my YouTube channel, even though I was still doing fashion videos at the time. And then it went on to more and more and more. Then I did a talk at um, StyleCon in Atlanta with Aaron Marino, Antonio Santana from Real Men Real Style. A lot of those guys, they gave me, they trusted me enough to step on stage and talk about my story in depression in men. And I did that. But even then, I still didn't really go in all in until like a year after that. So it was kind of like a lead up. Does that make sense? It wasn't just one thing that made me start talking about it. But for me, the reason why I did it is I kind of fell out of love. I didn't really have that passion for the the videos around fashion that I was doing. Um, that for me was really more, if I'm honest again, 100% business for me. Whereas talking about mental health and the goosebumps that I still get now when people say it helped them is the reason why I started to create more. Do you still think that appearance is important to help with how you feel? 100%. Like, Today, I'm working from home, but I got up, I went for a run um, with my two boys, then I come home, I had a shower, you know, I still spend time kind of, you know, doing my hair, putting a shirt on, all of that, because I still believe that if I feel, you know, I've got aftershave on, even though I'm working from home, um, I still feel like a lot of that helps right with how I feel. And when I go out, if I'm if I'm looking good, I feel good. And for me, it's not it doesn't answer every question. Like when I dressed extremely well, but sort of my mindset wasn't in a good place. I'd get compliments, but they were very short-lived. Whereas now, it's like a part of the part of like the ingredients to make me feel the best that I can. Like if I don't go out and I don't dress well and I'm not, you know, groomed and I'm not feeling good about how I'm looking, it can have an impact on how I'm feeling. So, 100% appearance for me is still so important to help you with how you feel. How do you manage anxiety when things become unbearable? It's okay to suggest coping techniques, but when it's really hard to deal with, what can I do? It's a really good question. I'm, I'm guessing from this this question, it's more about like when you're in that moment and I've done videos about panic attacks before, um, you know, some of the techniques aren't applicable when you're in that real sort of state of panic. Like when your anxiety is extremely, extremely heightened, when you're in that state of panic, a lot of the coping strategies that people talk about and I talk about go out the window because you need to deal with it there and then. And for me, I think back to when I used to experience panic attacks um, a lot of it comes back to two things. And again, they seem very simple, but when you apply them over and over and over again, it, for me, dramatically helps it. The first one 
is breathing. And again, we neglect breathing a lot, but it's kind of controlling your breathing. So when we're having panic, that breathing is going to be, you know, fast paced. So it's kind of focusing on that, that breathing. And we can do simple ones such as four, two, six, which is um, breathe in for four seconds, hold for two, out for six seconds. You can do box breathing, you know, in for four, out for four, in for four, out for four, but kind of imagining a box as you're doing that. I've got this Apple watch that keeps beeping because I can't, I don't know how to figure out how to turn it off yet. I haven't played with it. I got this um, yesterday. And one of the exercises on it is a simple breathing exercise and you kind of just follow it as it goes in and out. And again, breathing in those moments dramatically help because if you can control your breathing, it will start to slow down and it will start to help with that panic. And then the second thing is is affirmations. So when we're in that state of panic, a lot of negative affirmations will start to kick in. Like, are people seeing me? Um, all of the panic's gonna be kind of racing in your mind. It's very hard to deal with. So for me, reaffirming with positive affirmations during that time can help. Now, those two things for me helps with conditioning. It helps with dealing with it when it starts to happen again. And, you know, touch wood, I haven't had a panic attack for a couple of years now because um, I use those two over and over again. It takes a lot of practice, but breathing techniques and positive affirmations can really help. So if you're in that state of panic, that's the two things that I would say to you. My friends are struggling, but I find it hard to help with, I find it hard to help them, especially now. What can I do? Um, Now, I would just say reach out connect with them, maybe use video chat, especially during this time, because video chat humanizes that that conversation, that connection. Um, but the one thing that I would always say with this question is, um, you know, you can only do as much as you possibly can. Like I always say, learning from my dad's experience, what I did wrong, because it's the education that I had, is I tried to support my dad with solutions. I didn't support him with love and compassion. So I would say, if you're trying to support someone, just show them love, show them that compassion and don't try and solve their problems for them. It's about letting them know that you're there. It's about letting them know that you're there if they ever want to talk, but it really does come down to them. So I would just kind of put that out to them. So instead of me saying to my dad, give you a practical example, dad, you got nothing to be depressed about. Let's go for a run or dad, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like, stop worrying. Like, let's go for a beer. Let's talk it through and everything will be fine. What I should have maybe said is, you know, Dad, I don't understand what you're going through right now. But, and I know you might not talk to me because I'm your son, but I'm here to let you know that if you do ever want to talk to me, I'm here. You know, I not, I might not understand it, but I'm here to support you. I love you. And that's the main thing. And for me, that approach would have been different. I'm not there to try and solve his problems. I'm there to let him know. I love him, I care for him, and I'm there to listen when he's ready to tell me about what he's going through. So that's the advice that I would I would give to you. Next question, what does it feel like to be 30? Mm. I'm drinking more coffee to keep up the energy. No, it feels exactly the same as 29, right? Um, I still feel young. I still feel young. I probably, to a lot of people, people keep saying, oh, you are young. I look at it like this now. I'm, I'm practicing patience. I'm 30. If I live my whole life again, I'm 60. I still think I'm quite young at 60, right? Because my granddad's 94. So I could live my whole life again and I'd be, you know, still younger than my granddad. Um, it feels fine. Like I'm in a good place and I feel like, you know, I've learned a lot over the last 10 years in particular because of, you know, losing my dad and everything that, you know, I went through since then. So I feel in a very good place. You know, age is just a number, right? Favorite place to buy clothes. Um, Reese is, is a favorite of mine. Um, I've got some vouchers for Reese for my birthday. Mango Man, surprisingly enough, is is a is a good one as well. Um, and I'm also liking mm, Cos. Cos. I don't know if you guys have that where you are, but Cos is one that um I like as well. Next question: Four things you've recently got that you now can't live without. 
first one is this actually believe it or not i don't know whether it's just because i got it yesterday but an apple watch i was very skeptical about apple watches and smart watches from a style point of view but this has been really good in terms of like tracking activity making sure that i'm going for runs making sure that you know i'm taking little breaks um very good what i would say about it though is is the distractions a lot it's like every email everything like even now you know i'm just getting a text i'm I'm straight away looking at it so i need to kind of figure that out to distract myself a little bit but in terms of what i can do with it you know sleep tracking everything like that i really really like that the other one is these um again i got these yesterday um airpods like i wanted them for a long 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 time and i was kind of holding out um, these are great like they're great for work they're great because I can kind of like connect with my phone and my laptop and again it kind of seemed like a novelty when it first come out but now I've got them they're hugely hugely important the third one is here somewhere it is and when I say can't live without I just would recommend it to anyone it's this book here um, it's Let Go Now Embracing Detachment by Karen Casey I've been learning a lot about detachment recently um, because I'm an empath and because I'm always you know, I'm getting better at it, but I'm a people pleaser. I'm worrying about what people think of me. You know, this for me is great. Detaching from, from you know, s- s- things that we can't control. And this has been game changing. And then the fourth one, something that I cannot live without, I would say hmm, some running shoes because I'm doing a lot of running. Um, and the running shoes that I've got are the Innovate ones. So the Innovate Road Runners, um, I'll try and link up to them. If I don't, remind me in the comments, Innovate Road Running Shoes, they're ones that I can't live without as well. Three books that you'd recommend to someone wanting to improve their mindset. Um, I think, is it 12 Rules of Life? Is it 12 Rules of Life? Jordan Peterson, that one I would say, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. And then the other one I would say is Unevered Soul by Michael Singer. Um, is it Michael Singer? I think it is, yeah. Unevered Soul, Michael Singer, 12 Rules of Life, Jordan Peterson, and um, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Those three, there's loads more, but those three are ones that I would say off the top of my head. How do you deal with procrastination and getting motivated personally? Um, I still struggle with motivation and procrastination a lot. I would say it depends on, on you. Like you have to figure out what works for you. For me, I would rather prioritize the beginning of my day. So for example, I would write on my whiteboard one or two priorities that I have to hit. And when I hit them, um, I'm happy. And then the rest would follow then after that. The other thing that I would say to deal with procrastination is just get some bits ticked off. So on your to-do list, you might have, you know, small mundane tasks like deal with my inbox or message this person or, you know, put the washing out or whatever it is. Like get those tasks done, tick, tick, tick. And then that will give you a bit more momentum to kind of get motivated. The other thing that I would say is don't judge yourself. Like just do your best. If you're having a bad day and you're not motivated, you're procrastinating, just don't worry about it. The more you beat yourself up, the more pressure you have and you put on yourself so um i would say every day is different like some days i'm super motivated and super productive other days i just cannot be bothered and i don't want to work and i just want to sit and watch reruns of tiger king at the moment or like just reruns of netflix shows or football whatever it is i just cannot be bothered to do anything don't beat yourself up if that's the moment because the next day is a fresh day to start again so that's the advice that i would give And then finally, last question, because my battery looks like it's about to die. What's your plans of YouTube? You haven't been active in a while. Um, Plans of YouTube is I'm going to use it as kind of a base of of, of these videos, like Coffee with Paul. I really want to get that series going. Um, Behind behind the Reel is another another sort of series that I want to get going, especially during this time. I want some interviews with with influencers and really kind of get to the nitty gritty of of their day-to-day life rather than the stuff that we see on YouTube and Instagram, like the morning routines and all of that jazz. Um, 
Um, and just, just use it as a platform to, again, connect. I'm so consumed on views on YouTube because YouTube was my biggest platform. And I'm so protective of YouTube as well. And in reality, what I'm learning is just to get stuff out there. Like, who knows? Just get stuff out there. As long as it gets one view and helps one person, like, that's all that matters to me. So that's really my plans for YouTube. I've got nothing solid, but all I know is I'm going to post more. Like, that's all I know. I'm not going to overthink the content. I'm not going to be protective of it. I'm just going to serve you guys, and hopefully I can help one person with every video. So that's it, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Coffee with Paul. I can't remember what episode it is. Um, But if you have any questions for the next one, let me know in the comments below. I'll be putting out little clips of this over on TikTok, over on Facebook, over on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Go follow me on those platforms as well for more content every single day. And it's been fun, I think, for me anyway. I don't know about you guys. This is free therapy for me. Um, But I appreciate you listening all the way to this end. And you are awesome. And thank you so much. Speak soon. Ah, that felt good.